Hey everybody, it's Monday. This is the first Monday podcast I think we've done in a long time. It is August 20th, 2012. You're listening to episode 37 of the Non-Sequitur Podcast, and it is the normal four-person crew. It has been a long time since we recorded. I think it's been at least four weeks. Uh, We promised that we would wait until after the Olympics to give you guys another show, and this is that show. So uh, we're going to have lots and lots of Olympics coverage scattered throughout. So I apologize if you did not watch or did not care uh, at all about the Olympics this year. Who doesn't care about the Olympics? Uh, communists. Sadly. <coughs> actually, communists actually, cr- yeah. care a lot about the Olympics. I feel like they probably Sadly, do. one of my friends doesn't care about the Olympics. Well, make her listen to this podcast, and then she might. I don't think it'll work. All right. What's your name? I'm Kelly. Melissa. Amy. And I'm Luke. I almost forgot to do that. And that would have been sad. All right. We are going to start our game with Kelly. Draw card, card game, where I draw a random card with a random topic. All right, let's hear about Curiosity. What is Curiosity doing on Mars? So we, we talked about Curiosity last time on the podcast. The it, Happy Ninja Robot. The Happy Ninja Robot has successfully landed without bursting into a million pieces. You so thought happy. it was impossible. I thought it was unlikely. I was waiting for, for sad faces. Science has proven you wrong. As it often does. <laughs> yes. So that Sunday night that it landed, uh, it was really quite good. Uh, NASA had a live feed of mission control. So you're able to watch their reactions as everything happened in real time. I was desperately scrambling to get something to yeah, I was at work. give me the internet so I could see, watch it. <laughs> I, had the, uh, I had the little like flash animation of what should have been happening in real time with the NASA window in the other side of the screen so I could kind of see what it would look like to watch Curiosity land and then watch the mission control reaction. And those seven minutes of terror where it kind of goes dark and goes through its whole heat shield shedding and, and rocket propulsion ninja grappling hook was really quite intense. Um, and so as an update, it is on the surface of Mars in the Gale crater. It is going through system checks for the most part. It has not moved as far as I know. It, it has done, started testing though. It, yeah. So it what it has to, to do, it only has a certain amount of memory. And so once it gets there, they send a code that basically wipes the entire memory system because all of that was like flight guidance and all the stuff to get to Mars. So they wipe it clean and then they reprogram it for the Mars missions now that it's already there. So he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't his remember anything. Nope. It's all wiped. It was probably terrifying anyway. Probably. So. It's like, who <laughs> are these through space. And why do they just keep telling me what to do? 13,000 miles an hour into a planet. Yeah, it, it was pretty impre- incredible. And actually, the, the thing I learned and was most fascinated by was the fact that we've got two satellites that orbit Mars all the time. And so we are actually communicating with the satellites and as like an intermediary between Curiosity and, and us. So we talked to the satellites and the satellites talked to the robot and vice versa, um, which allows us to have much faster communication because to keep power consumption down, Curiosity would be really hard to communicate directly to us. Plus line of sight if it was on the far side of the, the planet when we weren't ready for it. Sure. Um, but so we've got these cool satellites. We've seen pictures and panoramas. They're doing system checks. They're making sure that the ovens fire and the you know basic you know comm systems are working again. Uh, but once it's the ovens, moving, are they baking pizzas on Mars? They, I think they need ovens for some of the science projects. So <sighs> some of the the specs stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think by the time we do another show, we should have some some more info about you know first first experiments and stuff. But as it stands, NASA did not blow two point five billion dollars of research money. Curiosity is safe, and we should get super science updates in the near future. And that is all. Well, Kyle in Tumwater 
has a question for us. Yeah, what's that question? What would Kyle like to know? It is not related in any way to curiosity. That's fine. Let's get this podcast going. He asks, which two fictional characters would you like to see compete in the Olympics? And in which events? Fictional characters. Uh, Nathan Drake doing the high jump. Or long jump. Long (laughs) Long jump. jump. Long jump. Pretty much any (laughs) Any jumping activity. So yeah, I think Nathan Drake for a jumping event was an obvious choice. Um, what what do we think for like fast running? We got obvious contenders like Roadrunner, Speedy Gonzalez, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, the Flash. The Except Flash. He's, he's dumb. Amy, <clears throat> what do you think? What do we got? Fictional characters. I don't know. What about what about Katniss in the archery event? Would she win? No. 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 Isn't she like a wizard with a bow and arrow? She is. So how would that not be a good fit? Legolas. <laughs> Legolas. Ar- yeah. Legolas. There the we go. Archery, the archery bows are too high tech. She doesn't have to use a high tech <gasps> one. I don't think. I got one. Yeah. Tron. What, what? The discus. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Tron. And, and maybe, well, I guess, light cycling isn't. Light cycling is not yet. Event. We're working on it. Someday. <clears throat> we got Legolas for archery. That would be pretty cool. We need a sword fighter. Uh, is it the, oh, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts. That's Wesley what I was going to say. The Princess Bride. That's what I was going to say. In the fencing. In the fencing. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Hmm. That's way more than two. We have lots. Uh, it could be two each. What events? What, do we have any good swimmers? Aquaman. Aquaman, is that a Mega Man character? I don't know. Comic book? No, Aquaman. I think he's a comic book. We know nothing about comics. Like he's here. a DC comic <clears throat> character. There, there you go. go. He's good at swimming. He Well, he talks to like sea creatures or something. That's not the I don't think that helps you in a swimming pool in the Olympics. You never know. Open water swimming. <laughs> there are no... Okay, there might be animals there. Flipper, a flipper. Echo the dolphin. If you are if you are being helped by sea creatures, I think you probably get disqualified in the Olympics. Probably. I think the IOC is. I bet he can swim really fast. Probably. Probably. What other so gymnastics? We have anybody that would be good there? I don't know. I can't think of anybody who like Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man would be good for gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I think he would cheat too much. He could. He's too noble. He's he's a big wussy. He wouldn't cheat. He might. Then he'd lose. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, mean, I suppose he would always catch the bar. He would never have a face plant off the high and bar. And he'd always be able to keep his hands on He's the, got his grippy little pommel. <laughs> Ooh, pommel would be good for him. Hmm. It's easy to go down the comic book route, I think. Just with strong men being in the weightlifting yeah. or, or wrestling competitions. Like the Hulk. The Hulk in yeah. weightlifting would be, would yes, pretty much. That would be an easy option. Who would you put an equestrian? Is there any horse riding people? The, Could know. a centaur be in the equestrian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Hmm, that is a good question. I'm going to say no, unless he's riding a horse, which would be totally worth watching. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> a Highly. centaur riding a horse? <laughs> hmm. I can't think of any other good fictional characters for events. And none of these would work well with team sports. No, you'd have to have... No like, volleyball, no team handball, no water polo. No. Apart from just being total jerks. Yeah. I think that's the challenge there. You, yeah, I can think of some fictional characters that would make amazing teams just because they would, you know, cheat. beat the crap out of the other team, but not because they'd actually like, be good players. Like, two, you know, beach volleyball has two people, and if you were Nightcrawler or something, you could always just, like, teleport to wherever the ball was headed <laughs> and, and bounce it back. There you go. All right. I can't think of any other good ones. All right, Amy, go. Pick oh. a card. Pick a card. Not the pink one. Oh, gosh. Would you rather... Would you rather operate on your significant other slash best friend or have them operate on you? Like surgically? Yes. If you had we, to have a procedure done, would you rather do the operating or have them do it on you? It has to be 
my significant other and or or best, best friend. friend. Yeah. What are we qualifying as best friend? Like only one or like I have a lot of good friends. You so pick one. I can just pick one. one. <gasps> All right, James. He's a brain surgeon. I would let him. Off <laughs> <laughs> Kelly cheats. Yep. What about you? I think it's probably best if I operate on you. Yep. Yep. Because the idea of you cutting into me is not going to happen. You just watch me die. Yeah, but with the needles and the cutting. But you should be really sad about it, though. You've watched all the, the, the Grey's Anatomy and other shows. You know everything about this stuff, right? I know that it always goes wrong. And then the, the beeping starts, and, you know, it's bad news. I know how there. to do a tracheotomy. Yeah? Could you do it, though? That's the real question. I think everybody knows the theory. I feel like if maybe my adrenaline was going hard enough, I might be able to. I think the fear is always knowing if they're going to die or not. Yeah. Like if I knew for sure this person would die, there's like no harm in trying it. Trying, yeah, right. But like if they're not actually choking to death and it's something else and you just like stab a hole in their throat, <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, actually it would be hard for, I don't think I could do it to a woman because, you know, you, on a man it's real easy because you just find the Adam's apple and just, you know, stick it in underneath it. But, you know, the woman, you're like, ah. I just ah, guess. Ah, Again, right if they're, they're going to die, then, like you know, it's, it's. Blood spurting everywhere. I'm thinking of that, that scene with the <laughs> adrenaline needle in uh, Pulp Fiction. Or it's oh. just like, oh, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. All right, what about you? Would Danielle operate on you or you on Danielle? I I think if push came to shove, I might be able to handle it better than her. But no, thank you. So you think she she would be a, a poor choice to operate on you? I, I think she could do it, but I'd, I don't think either of us would be would, would do well. What if all you had to do was set a bone for her so you guys could walk out of a jungle together? There you go. That I could do. Okay. You just you inflict know. massive pain on your friend. Because, you know, the bone is sticking out of her leg and you got to like. Well, yeah, because I can, I know what, the, I know. I, you know the basics of that. I know the basics and I know how to explain to you that this is going to hurt. You're going to hate me, but you'll get over it. You're going to pass out and possibly die, but it's a good chance I could save you. You are more likely to get an infection from an improperly set bone than to just. Just leave it broken? Wrap it up and leave it broken. Mm. Except then you're still stuck in a jungle where you're going to get killed by. The jungle. You're not going to go... I mean, if it's a leg, you're not going to be able to walk out... Either way. Either way. But in movies, they do it all the time. And those are movies. Yeah, those are totally real. All right. Oh, based on fact. Yes, I would operate it, Melissa. <laughs> Star you, Wars fact. You would cheat, and Amy would probably do it I did not side. cheat. James is a very good friend. Ooh, it's my turn. And I'm going to give a quick update before I do mine. What I have in front of me is a big stack of green cards that all say the Olympics. <laughs> so I'm going to draw... Wait, wait, don't turn the other two over. <laughs> It's just, what does oh, that one, one say? One at a time. The Olympics! Oh, it says the Olympics. Yay. Uh, so in no particular order, I've got tons of topics regarding the Olympics this year. Uh, start with the best one. Let's just start with the opening ceremonies and possibly the closing ceremonies. What did you guys think relative to previous ceremonies that you've watched? My, my heart always goes out to Beijing because it was just so crazy, over the top, and expensive. And I fear that nothing will ever beat it. So watching the London Olympics was a little bit of a di- disappointment because it just didn't have the spectacle. Only disappointing to you. Were you? Did you like it? Was it fun? I thought it was great. I was wishing that there was more Doctor Who reference other than the TARDIS noise. I thought the James Bond moment was wonderfully done. With the queen and the, and the skydiving. Uh, yeah, there was only one little part that like I would have done to tweak it, but it would have probably just been way too much work. Would have been to have him like help usher her actually okay. into the box. You know what like, I would like to see? Kept what? it going. You didn't even watch the Olympics. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, but to like if Bond and her had been having like a duel okay. in the air, like she she's, think... she jacks his his pistol or something, he goes after why, her. Why like, would ah. the queen want to shoot James Bond? And why would she's he an shoot imposter. 
Wait, and then the wait, real wait, queen. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> she's totally an imposter, and the real queen is already at the Olympics. How about we so. have the real queen and the fake queen duel? That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. She would ever. <laughs> no dueling. Yeah. Skydiving was enough for Her Majesty. It was yes. pretty yeah. extreme. Was pretty awesome. There were corgis, and you missed it. Oh dang it! You didn't miss anything. Uh, the, I, I liked the Mr. Bean chariots of fire, like piano solo, whatever that was, keyboard daydream. I thought that was pretty good. But the rest of it just felt like a weird, like. Hobbiton Shire setting. Well, that's with, what Europe is, right? Or I, I don't, Britain. You, were, were you awake for the rest of the opening ceremonies? Yes. Were it, you paying attention to like, the obnoxious commentators during the opening ceremonies? Uh, no. Thank All right. So that's you missed the entire Industrial Revolution? Well, that was like the scourging of the Shire. And, and then the the trip through the 20th century was, via British bands. And you kept going, wait, they're British? Yeah. And you said, oh, wait, that's an airplane. And I said, no. That was the TARDIS sound? Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of ignorance on my part about which bands are actually British. Like, you said the Rolling Stones? Was that yes. <laughs> yes. I had no idea that they were a British band. And a number of others where I was like, wait, what? Aww. I'm embarrassed to know you. I know. I'm, I'm terrible at music history. But so, according to, to NBC, 41 million people watched the opening ceremonies, which was the highest ever. In fact, the whole Olympics in general were more watched than any previous Olympics, which was really weird because everybody I saw on Facebook, Twitter, or the internets at large were complaining about NBC's coverage this year. I was not complaining. I thought it was great. Neither was I. So, a lot of people were upset that they, they time-delayed stuff instead of showing it live, which... I don't understand the complaint there because it's, well, you're at work for most people. You wouldn't be able to watch this stuff anyway. And then the, the time delayed stuff, the prime time, like four hours in the evening was pretty much the best highlights, the best matches, the best, most important patriotic. It was really America. well packaged. I thought it was great, but everybody was really upset and calling for NBC to lose the rights. And they do it every time the Olympics show up. Every time. I know. Every two years, people forget. But, but, well, Beijing, people I think Beijing was this. live. Well, so what happened was that the swimming events in Beijing all happened in the morning, Beijing time, mm -hmm. which made it prime time okay. um, in all U.S. time zones. Sure. So it was, a, it was a little late for folks on the East Coast, but it was within kind of a manageable parameter because they scheduled the, the finals of events for the morning in Beijing. But I think NBC did a good job of packaging highlights and and it was a bummer. There were some events where I think I would have liked to see the the full competition, some of the diving events. Yeah. It seemed like in the last couple of rounds somebody came out of nowhere and we got to see two dives by this, like, Mexican this Mexican diver yeah. and you're like, "Why well, I've never even heard of him. Yeah. What's he been doing this whole competition because we weren't seeing the whole thing they were just and it wasn't until the last two rounds that he became a, a medal contender yep. so they only showed him then and it was kind of weird but on the whole i thought it was well packaged coverage would i've liked more balance yes could i have gone on the internet and watched it all live anyway yes and i think that's part of where people's complaints came in was that they could watch it live and then they were watch again suddenly watching it you know in prime time but also the fact that because stuff happened before then they went on to check the news or whatever and all the results are already there and everything gets spoiled yeah for so there was a missy franklin no i think yeah one of the, the the issues was like right before one of missy franklin's events where she did win the gold there was like tomorrow morning on the today show missy franklin gold medalist you know blah 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 will be on talking to whoever and it was like thanks guys like couldn't you have waited until the next commercial break well I'm she not had sure already won a gold but it was, for, it was for the first one or oh, like it was right oh, before okay. and it was just like, come on, like someone probably got fired because an intern put the commercial break one slot too soon. 
Um, but for the most part, I thought they did a good job, but I don't know. Bob People, Costas handled himself well. He always wears good ties. But who was that other guy? Uh, there were lots of other guys. The guy you hated? Yeah. The, uh, the guy, Sea Just Ryan Seacrest? Seacrest. <sighs> I don't know why he was there. He seemed to know nothing He's about so sports. so awful. He was I bad. hate him. All of the interviews. He had no business being there. He was just there to make it like One of the things that pop, they did I guess. this year, different from every other Olympics, is they had an, a focus on what Twitter was saying about the Olympics and what Facebook was saying about the Olympics. So they were watching all of the tweets, all of the hashtags, and that's that's the role that Ryan Seacrest played in that was you know, what are these people, how are these people influencing pop culture and actual normal people? Mm -hmm. Like, what are their responses to it? They also were showing celebrities' responses to it. And it was all highly annoying. And I always found a way to fast forward through those segments. Yes. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll catch some Olympics later. Yay. T Ruff. No, oh, it's upside down. <laughs> From Allison in Seattle, we have a question. Surely. That was loud. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley, you got into serious trouble at least once as a kid. What was the reason for it? Oh, okay. Everybody oh, has to go before me. I wonder if Melissa can even get one. Yeah. Yeah? You got in trouble once? Yeah. Was it serious trouble? Well. Probably not. I got kicked off the bus for a week. What'd you do? Uh, I pinched somebody. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is vanilla. Tell me about this. What were they doing to deserve it a was, pinch? So it's it's really quite embarrassing. Looking back, I, I behaved like a child. You were a child, probably. I, yeah. I was, in fact, a child, so but that's how, no like, excuse. How old are you here? Well, I was like eight, nine. Yeah, that's good. I was in age. elementary school, and she didn't believe me that I knew, I don't know, what 10 times 10 was or something. <laughs> it was one of those stupid questions. And I knew the answer, and I told her, and she was still teasing me. So I pinched her. So it came to physical violence. We'll, we'll put in quotes yep. because someone questioned your knowledge of something. Yep. The story is so Melissa. Well, clearly the it. other girl deserved it. She was being a brat. Well, clearly. no, violence is not the answer. Sure. I, I don't even know if we can call this violence. <laughs> I would like to point somebody. out that this specific bus driver liked to kick people off the bus for no real good reason. Actually, I have a question. No, I still deserved it. I mean, yeah, you maybe. can't behave like that on the bus. You guys are roughly the same age. Did you ride the same bus together? Yes. Did mm -hmm. you sit together on the bus? No. no we weren't allowed to. What? Because of... Because the bus driver said that the, that the kindergartners had to sit in the first two rows, and then the first graders, and then the second Whoa, graders, and then freaking the third Nazi graders. bus driver. Yeah, and the fifth graders were the only ones allowed to sit in the back of the bus, so I always sat towards the front of the bus when we wow. were the bus. That is bonkers. We started yep. walking to school not long after that. Yeah. <laughs> so Melissa gets in trouble for pinching. What about you, Amy? Ever done anything bad? Uh, at least that you got in trouble for. I got in trouble for calling Melissa names quite often, actually, when we were really little. I remember getting into a lot of trouble for Just calling like fart Melissa. Face? Like, what are we talking no, about? No, I here? called her a meanie, and I got into quite a bit of trouble for that one. Was she being mean? Yeah. 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 So I was like four or <laughs> To five. be fair, totally antagonized most of that behavior. I still got in trouble for it. I'm still hmm. trying to pay her back. <laughs> oh man, like, I've got choices, Luke. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got I've got too many. I've got ones that I've done that were bad that I didn't get in trouble for, which probably don't count. No, no. Um, yeah, the question is what you got in trouble. The for. best one you got in trouble for. Best one. I can remember all kinds of stuff. So you've got to have even more in your brain because I can remember you hitting girls with hockey sticks. And that was an accident. That was not an accident. <laughs> I watched you swing that at her. It was an accident. <laughs> Whatever. Um, man, uh, 
I've got to say, just because the the location and the timing of it ended up being so awesome, uh, I had a an arch nemesis in high school, oh, middle school, and <laughs> and oh, elementary yeah. school, DC. Uh, yeah. Yep. So uh, we had this kid in school named Dante, and we didn't really get along. And once upon a time, we were walking to lunch. He had one of those nylon uh, uh, lunch bags, like a you know, paper bag, but made out of nylon. And he had a soda can in it. And he basically like billy clubbed me in the back of the head with his lunch bag. And instinctively, I basically just like punched him in the stomach as hard as I could. And I got him real good, like totally off guard collapses, choking, heaving, coughing, wincing. I might remember this. And, Maybe. and it was right in front of the office. So, so he collapses in the hall. The secretary has come looking over and I'm just standing over Dante and he is like literally like gasping for life <laughs> and it didn't go well for me. So of course I get called into the principal's office, which was a pretty common occurrence for me in, in elementary school. And, you know, they were going to expel me or suspend, suspend me. Um, but my mom comes in and my mom was always my advocate, no matter how bad I was. Cause my mom being my mom always figured, you know, there's two sides to every story. So my mom like gets in the principal's face and is like, you know, my son says this kid hit him in the back of the head and feels my head and there's a big old knot on it. And she goes, if you're suspending my son, you're suspending that kid too. Those are your two options. You either don't get to suspend my son or you take them both out. Those are the only options I'm giving you. And the, the principal wasn't willing to suspend the other kids, so I didn't get suspended. Right. So, that's probably a tame story. Those were not technically his only options, just... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but my mom was... I don't know. My uh, lawnmower is kind I, of intimidating. Your mom is supposed to be your advocate. That's the mom's job. Yep. I just happen to know. Sure. Yep. Yep. All right, Kel, what you got? Well, I may have been a little older than you guys when I did this, but I may have been slightly expelled for a little while for a bomb threat. Whoa. I've never heard this story. Sure you have. No. I don't even know I what grade know this would be. Hear this, this was my freshman year of high school. No, I did not hear this. Seriously? No. Wait, well, so this would, been, this would have been your last year at Tumwater High School, right? Yeah, my, the, own, my only year at Tumwater yeah. High School. Yeah. So what happened? <clears throat> so I was on a band trip with the band, and yeah, like like a local thing or Disneyland? Like no, like a local. Like there was a game, like a football game, okay. and we went to you know play in the stands or something. Sure. Um, and a friend of mine at the time, I won't name any names, but uh, she drew a little, she had a notebook with her and she was just doodling stuff. And on one of the pages, she wrote bomb on bus. <laughs> and well, like, like speed? Like, is that was supposed to be the joke or something? No, or? I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. It, that was around when speed came out. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I have no idea. She just wrote it. She had no intention of doing anything with it. She just drew it out in big block letters mm-hmm. all over this big notebook page. And... I don't know. For some reason, I wanted it, and so she gave it to me. <laughs> this is this is a good story. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is where this is going. So later, when we were all kind of on the bus, but not actually on the bus, I, I think we were just in there fooling around, you know, without permission. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it to someone else who said they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not tell them to put it up, but it uh, it got put up. Like in the, the window? Bu- yep, in the window of the so, bus. So other cars can see it? <clears throat> yeah, so the best part about this oh. is that the bus driver, having seen this, Let's all the kids load onto this bus. Wait, and the then, bus driver saw it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. The, the lets the kids load on the bus, and then she's like, uh, "Just so we're clear, 
There was a note on the bus that said bomb on bus. I just need to make sure that wasn't a real thing. After we'd already gotten on the bus. <laughs> this was before, you know, Columbine and all that sure. stuff. This was this was before people were a little paranoid about things like that. Um, but yeah, and, and I and so I spoke up. I was like, Yeah, no, it was a joke. I I don't know who put it up, but I did not do it and and I don't know. But it, it's just fake. It's not a real bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, okay, just just making sure. And she and she at that time she said, don't worry, you won't get in trouble. You know, blah yeah. blah. Just need to make sure it's it's a joke. And I was like, yeah, it's it's a joke. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't me. But I, is that it's it? Fake. Nothing ever came of it. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's not the end. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so we get back, and a day or two later, I get called to the principal's office, and there's my friend who drew the note, and my friend who put the note up, <laughs> and we're all getting asked these very. You know, all I want you to do, I'm going to ask you each three questions. I only want you to answer yes or no to each one. And so he asks us each the same three questions, like, did you ever have the note in your possession? Did you put the note up? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and and uh, and then he decided that he was going to emergency expel all three of us for Ooh. three days to determine whether there was any malicious intent. <laughs> yeah, I know. Malicious intent. I don't understand. But yeah, so so... My friends were furious with me for uh, having spoken up in the first place, but, you know, I needed to so that everybody knew that they didn't need to bring in the bomb squad to search the damn bus. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we all got to so go home. So much more trouble. Yeah, so much more trouble. Anything. So much more. Um, so, you know, we all went home for a couple of days. We came back on like a Monday and then everybody's like, where were you guys? And I was like, oh, I got expelled for that bomb note. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Yay. Don't right. do that anymore, kids. You will get You'll permanent get big trouble nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I got really lucky. All right. To to make up for my my gross disappointment of Luke um last podcast, it is now finally time to discuss tree lobsters. Yay. Tree lobsters, <laughs> Streblo. So what often happens is I make these science topics and then they sit around in the, the science pool for like four months. So we'll see how well I can even remember this story. Uh, it is a fascinating story. I will give you the origins and we'll work our way to the present day. Uh, back in 1918, a British... Sounds like a video game. Tree lobster origins. <laughs> be a good game. Anyways. Made by Bioware. Yep. Uh, 1918's British supply ship runs aground on Lord Howell Island, which is in off, Canada? off the coast of Australia. Uh, oh, I know this story. Australia. So it ends up getting stuck. A passenger drowns. They decide they want to try to rebuild the ship, repair it, get it off the ground. And it takes them about nine days to get this on. In the meantime, some black rats sneak off the ship, swim to the island, and find a tasty treat. These massive stick insects. So think like walking sticks, but enormous. And they think these things... How enormous, Luke? I've seen pictures. I don't have a number off the top of my head, but I want to say these things are... I mean, these are... We're talking like 18 inches? No, probably wouldn't be able to move. I'm thinking more like eight or nine. I mean, these things are massive. Big suckers. Yep. So the rats get on board the island, and two years later, these things are never seen again. It took two years, these things were wiped off. This is the only island that they were ever known to exist. Record completely drops off for these things until the 60s, when some hikers are climbing a spire in the ocean 13 miles away called Ball's Pyramid. It's a third of a mile high, and it is just literally a spire of rock. And they find some insect carcasses that they say look recently dead, and they mention it to some friends, but nothing really happens with it. Fast forward to 2001, 
when some uh, scientists are on the island for a different reason and they find one of these crazy walking sticks and they don't know what it is because for, you know, 80 years or whatever, it's been completely extinct. And they go back with, uh, with some like more trained bug scientists and they discover that this is exactly what they've always wanted. So they can't get permission. They need to go through all the right channels for this thing. They come back a few months later when they've got clearance and there's been a landslide and they think that all of them have been wiped out. They managed to find a few 24 in all that managed to survive. They have clearance to remove four of them. So they take one female, one male, and break them into two groups. They send one to the special bug guy and the other to this other special bug guy. First bug guy, his animals die almost immediately. Second guy manages to get them to have sex and babies. And so they have now managed to essentially rescue these tree lobsters from extinction. They now have 700 adults in captivity. And they're trying to decide what to do about it because these things are really quite special. They actually pair up as male-female partners for life. And at, at bedtime when they're sleeping, the male actually takes like three of his legs and like wraps them around the lady as like a protective measure. It's super cute, even though they're hideous and massive. <laughs> so here's the challenge that people are facing. They know where these things came from, where they rightfully live, but the black rats still exist on this island. Some conservatory people say that they should eradicate the black rats, who are the invasive species, completely, and then reintroduce these massive insects. The residents of Lord Howe Island say, don't you dare, we'd rather deal with the black rats than these massive insects. And so there's a big controversy about how to re- re- you know, reinstate these things in the wild, if at all. I have a question. Yes. Do they have pinchers? No. Then why are they called lobsters? Because the the Europeans saw them hanging out in the trees on that uh, shipwrecked adventure and said that they looked like tree lobsters because they were that big. They're like almost the size of lobsters to them. I don't know. British people might have small lobsters. I'm not sure. No pinchers. I I do not think they have lobster pinchers. I am disappointed. Yes. So if you guys were in charge, what do you think you would do with these things? Would you always keep them captive? Would you try to release them? I would release them in small quantities into the yards of people I don't like. <laughs> well, I guess the question is, what do they do? Do they eat crops? They do eat, they eat flowers? Do they eat trees? Like, what, what do they do? That's a good question. That would They're be hungry for man flesh. Man flesh. I think they probably eat vegetation, like Amy suggested. I don't know what kind of agricultural e- ecosystem or economy that Lord Howe Island has, if there'd be anything to lose, you know, if they're a big cotton exporter or something, like what kind of danger it might be to put these things back. Um, that's a good question, though. What about you, Kelly? Kill all the rats? Oh, gosh, put the insects somewhere else? I don't know. Put them in zoos only? <clears throat> I mean, the rats are almost indigenous now at this point, right? Effectively, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. If you're going to wipe them out, do it for the right reasons. And would, would right reasons be... Be they're carrying the plague and everything else on the island. But not... The, because they... Because they're really... This is like a weird, like, like... I just thought this weird political analogy. This is almost like a, like a reinstatement of Israel in the 40s kind of a situation where you've got some other people that have moved in and you're trying to give the land back to the rightful inheritors. Um, I don't, what do you think, Melissa? Do you think people should try to put these back on the island they came from? Is there any place else the bugs could live? Potentially, but the challenge would be finding a place where there weren't predators for something like this. Because <clears throat> they don't really have any like major defensive skills against you know 
vertebrates. But I mean, if the next island over doesn't have black rats and there are, say, fewer people living there or the residents are more conservation-minded, I mean, just, I guess that it's not a simple, it's not a simple question because even if you, even if the eradication of the black rats and the the reintroduction of the tree lobsters was desirable to the inhabitants of the island, I think the the rats would be so much harder to eliminate that it might not even be feasible. <clears throat> it could become so expensive that it's not worth attempting. I agree. I, I, I don't know what the correct course of action is. I wish that they could be put back in the wild and not have to live in captivity, but the the amount of expense and possible ethical issues involved with like you know, putting the species back into an ecosystem that they haven't inhabited for 80 years is... Maybe they should just graft pinchers on them. And then they could fight against the rats? Yeah. It sounds like a good movie to me. I think we should do this. <laughs> Genetically alter them until they're, like I said... Tree lobsters versus rats. Yeah. They're, they're the superior, <laughs> the superior beings, no matter where you put them, and they take over all of us. Then they'd just become like a novelty. You'd put a rat and a vicious tree lobster in a cage together, and they'd duke it out. And, you know, no. Betting. Just be cockfights all over again. No. I like this idea. All right, Amy. <laughs> Pick a card. We have a question from Aaron in New York. What is your favorite example of blind consumerism desi- disguised as supposed individuality? That's such an Aaron question. It's so is an Aaron question. Blind consumerism <clears throat> disguised as supposed individuality. Aaron's fashion sense. Oh, ah! <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's that was mean. It's not true, true at all. No, um, yeah. man looks good. Come on. So what is it? Is this like? Is this like a fad? Is this is this Aaron speak for people catching so, a fad? So I mean, Luke. Uggs. One. Yes, I was gonna say yours would be Uggs. Yeah. Uggs or like super huge glasses on girls or boys. Oh, that bothers me. Yeah. Hmm. So wait, what is this? What is flat brim hats? Your favorite example. Your favorite example. So favorite would mean the thing that. Hmm. You can mean it however you want. I guess what I'm trying to think in my head, is there ever a situation where I actually do like... Maybe he, where you find it's funny <clears throat> that people don't realize that they're all dressing exactly the same. I used to be... so When they think they're being I'm cool. I'm unfortunately a super judgmental person. Unique. And so back in the original Fast and the Furious time frame, when all the guys were modifying their cars and putting you know, Asian letters across the top of the windshields and all that kind of really dumb stuff... I uh, I used to enjoy looking at it just to mock them and be mean. Um, nowadays, I just hate things like Uggs. <laughs> uh, vintage style graphic tees. Ah, oh, so like yeah. like the old like Pepsi logo, but it's like faded and like ripped up, but it's actually brand new. Well, it's funny. I find it it funny because some of them are actually pretty cool T-shirts, and even though they're not really old, it still looks neat. And hey, cool, fun that you got this T-shirt, but. Having worked retail <laughs> in a store where we sold pseudo vintage graphic tees, it it was actually funny because the summer I worked at Old Navy, one of the t-shirts we had was the Aberdeen swim team. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I'm sure that everywhere else in the country, people just saw it as like a cool kind of novelty. Ah, you know, I'll just get this funky swim team shirt, whatever. People in Olympia are looking at these going, oh my gosh, I've been to Aberdeen. I'm totally buying one of those. Aberdeen, for those who don't know, is where Kurt Cobain lived under the bridge. That's not actually true, is it? It is absolutely true. What do you mean under the bridge? He lived under a bridge for a while. It was in Aberdeen. Before they were popular? or Oh, really? When he was a little younger and quite poor. Oh. And he so it's a small town on the fish. western Washington coast. <laughs> and yep. it's 
economy is collapsing and it's turning into a ghost a, a town. Really dead, yeah. But I, but it but it was also funny because I happened to have been to Aberdeen High School and the shirts were not in their colors. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's clearly like somebody just picked the, a random name of a random town and made this cool, funky, vintage T-shirt without any actual reference to any real place or real product or real culture. <laughs> And and of course people I'm sure people bought them thinking that they were so hip and unique and funky and I'm to be honest if they sell it at Old Navy it is none of those things so sure sure I I should um, get that for one of my coworkers she's from Aberdeen and mm. so do you she'd do you, probably take great offense do you dislike these shirts or do you just find them comical I find the whole concept a little bit funny because it's not like like I get band T-shirts. You know, where you wear the shirt because you like the band. I mean, you wear it, it forever, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. On you. But the ones that are for events that didn't really happen or places that you've never been, it, it I find it amusing that yeah, I had that a, you would fake some kind of emotional attachment to something you don't, you've never even heard of. I had a Harvard hoodie when I was like 10. Never been to Harvard. Never intended to go. Oh, now yeah. I have a Harvard hoodie. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, but I collect college sweatshirts. Oh, okay. So, so like, I have a little story yeah. with mine. Yeah. So what, what about those obnoxious like I heart and why shirts that apparently if you go to New York you end up okay. Nobody, them? but that those are not part of Aaron's question. Where th- that's nothing disguised as supposed individuality. Nobody thinks they're being unique okay, by wearing true. an I heart New York. That's true. 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 <laughs> shirt. Uh, modern hippieism is completely. So like our neighbor, like greeners. Like what do you mean? Yes, greeners and anybody. Most, not all of them. Some of them are genuine hippies and they're kind of hilarious. But like... Isn't your dad almost a genuine hippie? He is a genuine yeah, hippie. Okay. No, no. He, <laughs> He's he was, old he was a genuine hippie back in the day. He's got... We've got pictures to prove it. It was amazing. And then more now. <laughs> no, well, sort of. No, he's just a... He's an aged hippie. But he... Uh, no. But yeah, like modern greeners and them, they, they've got this attitude and they've got this... Oh, you've got to be an individual thing, but they all do exactly the same thing. And they've all, you know, they've got all got the exact same attitude and they all buy exactly the same stuff. And they all smell the same, you know, they all stink of patchouli. And I was going to say they go to the same patchouli shop. And yep. Yep. Eat the same granola. Yep. I think that's always fascinating when you get these kinds of, uh, I don't know if you can call them like subcultures, <clears throat> but people that, that fall into a group and, their way of like expressing themselves and being exactly like everybody else expressing yeah. themselves. And, and, and it's annoying because most of these kids, once you get to, once you meet them and, and learn where they're from are from fairly well to do backgrounds. And they just like, you know, they didn't want to be part of corporate America and part of the, part of the problem. They wanted to be part of the solution, but you know, they're not solving anything. They just whine about stuff and then go home and smoke pot and, that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, shop at Value Village. Yes. Yep. Where they buy vintage teas that Melissa hates. Yep. <laughs> I didn't say I hated them. I, I said I thought they were funny. I know, I know, I know. I know. What about you, Amy? <clears throat> um, any use of burlap in decorating anything? You don't think burlap, like burlap is appropriate? Or you just think it's I not think as individual and unique as people think it is? I don't think it's individual and unique in any way, shape, or form at this point. Um, I... One of the things with my job that I have noticed is that while Pinterest is a lot of fun, it is also our worst enemy because one person gets an idea and then suddenly we're cutting 30 yards of burlap for 150 <laughs> people. 
So you can actually and we want to kill awesome. What are people making out of burlap? Like, I'm, I'm, they're making table runners. They're doing sacks. decorations for weddings. They're head sacks, doing like, covers you'd use for it if you're a terrorist. Yeah, or much. if you're kidnapping someone. Yeah, okay. I don't know all of what their uses are for burlap are, but in the last year, I have cut more burlap than I ever want to in my entire life. Unrelated question. I never want to cut burlap. Which would you rather cut, tool or burlap? <laughs> Tool because burlap shares all of its fuzzies with you, and tool doesn't share. Whatever. All right, fun. All right, I'm gonna draw a green card. Oh, the Olympics! Oh, weird. All right, we're gonna talk about Olympics events. Okay. We had some some sweet drama near the end. In fact, all the way through with ladies beach volleyball. I think that's probably my favorite Olympic sport. The most stressful event in the entire Olympics. Probably, especially with valley scoring. David Badaya was pretty stressful too. It was only one night. The volleyball went on for days. Diving Fair is enough. not as, yeah. Volleyball was on every time you flipped on the, the TV. Like, yes. it seemed to just be the entire run of the Olympics. And it's it's stressful because it usually ends up being like one point, one point, one point, one point. And you'll end up tied all the way to the end of, you know, two or three sets. And it's awesome. And our American ladies did really well. So it was easy to enjoy. Did you approve of the decision that in the 55 degree rain, they were allowed to not wear their bikinis, but instead could wear actual sports clothing? I I think it's weird that the bikinis were up until recently a requirement. I've never understood why. They are a requirement, weather Uh, permitting. Sure. But I mean, before it was regardless of weather. So. Um, I, I don't understand that kind of a rule because I, I don't think you gain any kind of advantage by having shorts or... I think they want to keep the sports sexy so people watch it. I don't know. I don't, Which seems you weird. You think so, Melissa? Yeah. That's weird. I don't... That's weird. I think it's I think it's an old rule that should probably be looked at and possibly tossed. I, mean, I, I, I don't I don't get any like sexy vibes from the girls though. No, like, not at all. They're, no, they're, I mean they're they're athletic and some of them are attractive, but when you're just like angry faced and intense yeah. and like sweaty, and most just, of them look crazy. Yeah, and, like, like you know, I, I would not Vikings want to. Yeah, I would not want to go on a date with any of the girls I saw. In no, v- they're v- all twelve feet tall. I'm, so I'm thankful for that. Yes, <laughs> one of the things I I saw an interview with Misty May and Carrie Walsh that. They actually commented on the clothes and the the changes in the rules about the clothes. And I think it was Carrie said something about even though like they're allowed to wear whatever they want to, basically, they tend to opt towards the bikinis and things like that simply because there's less there's less sand that gets trapped on you and that kind of stuff. Even though even when it's cold and it's wet and it's gross to be in your bikini playing beach volleyball, they still opt towards that style because it's more comfortable in the long run for playing. That makes sense. I like that theory. So was there a favorite event for you guys? A favorite thing to either watch or something you might wish to participate in if given the option? Light cycling. That doesn't exist. (laughs) There were bicycles there were lots of cycling. Would you, yeah, in the in the pelodrome? Would you like to do the the crazy speed cycling? No, that well, the sprints the sprints aren't actually they don't go that fast for that long. Huh. It's just the last lap. Yep. I think you'd it's fall us. down. I, I think that the banking oh, for sure. the banking is like 30, 40 degrees. So I think you'd fall down. For <laughs> there would sure. be some serious problems going around that corner. Because I wouldn't care too. I'd be like, ah, oh, I gotta go fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, I take out thirty guys behind me. So the, the, there was also the uh, the mountain bike cross country event, which I felt that I could actually do somewhat well in. 
That would be uh, fun. Yeah, I think I could do that. If it was I, too long. Know, so that was the thing practiced. for me. I, I obviously am not an Olympic athlete, so I'm not saying I would be competitive. Right. But uh, at least what I watched, it was like a six lap race and each lap was about 15 minutes. So, you know, they're out there for an hour and a half. And so it's kind of an endurance race on the bikes. But I'm thinking like, man, you put me up there for like two laps and I could totally be in first position at the end of two laps and then I'd be spent. And then, you know, I'd have to recover and heal my wounds because sure. I'd be really exhausted after that. But for two laps, I could be in first place. I love the endurance events. Yeah, I noticed that. Like I the 15 them. or 10,000? The men's 10,000 meter run. It was amazing. With Mo Farah and Galen Rupp. It's only fun at the end though, right? No, no. it was intense the whole way through. Because there's be like intense? pushing and shoving and you can just watch strategy. <laughs> it's Someone okay. threw a rabid cat. It's, it is far more like your endurance racing in cars than you might believe where there's that that strategy of do you want to you know jump right out of the front and just lead the whole time can you maintain that or are you just going to wear yourself out and you know get pulled back to the pack and when do you make your move you make your move too late you're not going to get around all those guys to get to the finish you might get trapped in some pack behind sure. you know back markers and you know run up the backside of hiking cove line or something i mean it's it's intense open water swimming same oh, thing man. it was incredible it was, scary. it was incredible and they had like pit stops for food and stuff and so there was you know lead changes when people would stop to drink their strange beverages those were awkward looking beverages yeah, some of them are weird, but I love the endurance events. I because it's like you actually have an opportunity to see the caliber of athletes that are at the Olympics. I think sometimes with the sprints, it's over so quickly that you really have to watch six or seven replays to just get a sense of how impressive Usain Bolt actually sure. is. But the endurance ones, you only get one time to see it, and you can kind of see the whole thing develop over fifteen minutes or a couple of hours, depending. All right, we should hit two of the controversial topics in this year's Olympics. Well, one of them is always controversial. Do you think teams that are countries that aren't competitive should even participate? Yes. 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 Why is that? Because it's about the competitions, about bringing all these countries together to have fun. I mean, yeah, you want to win, but you want to you want to let everyone participate. Okay. Yep. It Luke, it's like with F one. Should should the bottom three be allowed to race? It's uh, that same concept, and the reality is, is that. At some point, those countries that aren't very good at a lot of different sports, they might just have one or two athletes that ever go. Some of those countries... Some of those countries are going to be Grenada this year. Yeah. You might have, win a gold medal. You might be able to pull something I mean, you, you pull something like that off. I think there were 13 countries that got medals for the first time. Oh, wow. Anything between gold and bronze, like yeah. the whole spectrum... But I mean, it's it's giving them the opportunity to to do it for the first time. And Guatemala got their first Olympic medal. Yeah, yeah. it was a silver in men's race walking. Oh, that event was so terrible. Uh, but I mean, yeah. that's it was close too. It was what? Amazing. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> yeah. fifty kilometers, I think. Twenty. Twenty kilometers, and you're power walking. You're not allowed to run. So there's like some like adjudication. I'm there's guessing rules to keep you about. From Having a stride that is too run-like. Your, one foot has to be on the ground the whole it time. It really looked pretty awful. I get it, their hips and the way they have to walk, it's like this fast shuffle, and it would look pretty bad. The only thing <laughs> okay, but still, the Guatemalan, first medal in the country's <laughs> fair history. Enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yay, Guatemala. And Congrats. I mean, the athletes have to prove that they are at that caliber. Nobody gets a free pass unless you're the host country. Yeah, 20 kilometers. Actually, they I mean, do. That's, there that's are some no countries joke. that get free that passes, is, but yeah. only in like one... 
usually one or two events. And the person still has to make some kind of international standard in order to be allowed to compete. They may just have not made Olympic standard, but in order to foster um, an Olympic tradition in those countries, they'll allow people to compete. So a lot of the women from Muslim countries, they didn't do very well, but it was the first time their country had ever sent women to the Olympics. Sure. And, so it was and, and that's something cool. to celebrate. That's, these, are good, these are good answers. The actual controversial question revolves around Oscar Pistorius and his cheetah legs. What? Why so, is this controversial? There was an athlete that was allowed to participate this year that had carbon... He qualified. He was allowed to participate with carbon fiber legs. Right. So right down from the knee, he had these prosthetics that were... Because he has no feet. Because he has no feet. Right. And it was a big controversy before the Olympics and the IOC gave him permission and there are a lot of athletes who didn't feel comfortable with it, and a lot of athletes thought, thought it was great. And Where did he place? He did not win any medals. Okay. He uh, ran the... Was it 800? 400 meters. 400. He ran the 400 meters, and he made it into the semifinals of the 400 meters, so he got out of his initial heat, um, which means he's, he's quick, and he was on his country's 4x400 team, which was... Did not do well. Not dead last, <laughs> but pretty close. I so, think in his heat, he... His heat in the semis, I think he was sixth. And then I think the team, because there were nine in the four by four, came in <clears throat> around there as well. Yeah. So, seven, three. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Do you think it's I mean, you know, Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, what, what I mean, you're going you're gonna to leave him out just because he's crippled and he has to have this in order to compete? Potentially. I mean, that's <laughs> but the he, argument. He's competitive against yeah. able bodied athletes. He, he has the times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's the part that's impressive. I mean, he's not—he's not skiing in the—I don't know what you call it—the the crippled Olympics or yeah. whatever. They're you know, called the Paralympics. The Paralympics. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, God. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I made this horrible, and I—I really didn't mean to. Okay, the Paralympics, right? Which you know, he would be too understandably. Yeah. No, he, he actually be, meddled in the Paralympics. That's right. I mean, he's previous. too competitive. Like he's, he's no one could compete with him. I think that's not true on his level. No. Okay. But he was competitive enough to compete against. It wasn't that he was too competitive and the Paralympics kicked him out. It was that he realized that he is competitive with able-bodied athletes. And every athlete who's that good wants to compete with people who are better than he is to push him so that he so that the competition actually means something. If yeah. you're the best guy, whether you're the best guy by half a second or the best guy by 10 seconds, you want to find somebody who's a half a second or 10 seconds faster than you so that you have a reason to strive and improve. That's, that's what athletics is kind of all about. Sure. Yep. I think it, I think it should definitely be allowed. Amy, you're on the same boat. I think that they made far too big of a deal. And I would like to point out that he was not the only athlete that also competes or has competed in the Paralympics. There was also a ping pong player who only has one hand. And so it was quite fascinating to watch her serve. She did not make very, she didn't make it very far, but she was actually very good. So she serves with the same hand she hits No, with? she, her arm, she, she, she has a way of holding the ball and tossing it. Because she's just got it. like a little bit of a... Because she's got down just past the elbow. Okay. And she's got a way of tossing it and serving. And she does a really good job. She's competitive. Yeah. And she wants to compete against people who are yeah. as good or better than her. And it, it was, she made the, it was either Chinese or Korean um, ping pong Team. And there's a South Korean archer who is 
so legally blind yes. he can't actually see the target. Yep. But he's a good enough shot that he gets that he competes with people who are legally sighted. <laughs> now, if he were to get like prosthetic eyes with like targeting retinas, I would feel a little funny. Well, and that's the but... thing is that that I think the pr- the prosthetics, not the disability, it was the prosthetics that that made Oscars run so controversial. But the he didn't blow everybody. So the out science, of the water. as I understand it, which granted is limited to a couple of articles and an interactive graphic <laughs> on the internet, uh, it was a very helpful interactive graphic. But the science does seem to support the notion that he actually has to work harder. His his mu- the muscles he has have to work harder to overcome the lack of muscles in the because he doesn't have a leg below the knee. Right. So. You he's know, got he's got muscles compensating for what isn't there. For yeah. what isn't there, and so he actually has to work harder to achieve the same speed as an able-bodied runner. And it's only now that the technology is good enough to allow someone to develop a running talent to that level. Um, I'm, I'm Team Oscar all the way. Clearly, yeah, totally. All right, let's flip some more cards. Yeah, I'm gonna flip the only card I have left. It's pink. This or that. Spring or autumn? Autumn. 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 I'm going to go with spring. Okay. Because because it leads into the sunny season. Whereas fall, we're saying farewell to the sunny season. And there's a little melancholy there. Gotcha. Kelly? Yeah. I kind of like them both. Autumn and spring are pretty miserable around here. It's a lot of raining. Well, late spring and early autumn are glorious. True, 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 true. Yes. But Uh, the... But the yeah. full season can get a little nasty. Yeah. Um, but I really, really, really like the colors in autumn. And there's certain autumn days that are just perfect. My favorite my favorite kind of weather only lasts maybe five, ten minutes ever. And that's the most unfortunate thing, but it's it's the most gorgeous thing ever. It's when the trees are just the right colors, you know, and, and the clouds are really dark above mm-hmm. you, but you got the sun beaming through. So you got these bright shadows and everything. It just looks amazing. Because d- dark clouds bright sun at the same time so it looks dark and so the the trees almost look like they're green screened or something something like that the brightness on the trees themselves doesn't match the sky you're actually seeing right yeah Yeah. yeah. it's 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 magical and it only like i said it only ever lasts five ten minutes but it's amazing all right amy what about you the fall is always seems to be more stressful than the spring does But fall goes into winter, and there's snow in the winter, so... <laughs> Not around here. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. And when it's it is here, it's those... really inconvenient. So Amy has no preference? Not really. I'm going to say I love autumn by a long shot. October is my favorite month of the year, because I like all the pretty trees. And because you get to buy me presents. Also, because I get to buy Kelly presents. Yes. Well, here's a question for you. All right. Would you rather have one wish granted today or three wishes granted in 15 years? So 15 years, I'll be 46. I'll probably have kids. I think there's a temptation to want to take the 15 years so that you could use your wishes to help your kids out. Whereas now I would just use it selfishly, I think. Hmm. I would wait the 15 years. One of my wishes would be, you know. A time machine. Knock my knock my age back to oh, good you know, <laughs> to twenty or I so. I love Kelly's desire to always find loopholes in every one of these. There's always a loophole. There. This is a very vague question. Do you I think can... you'll live to be fifteen years older than you are now? Mm, yeah. You feel reasonably confident. Yeah. Okay. So that's your official answer. You'd, you'd wait. Yeah. Three. Yeah. I'd go for the three. 
Melissa, I reject I mean, this card on the principle that um, wish granting always ends badly. No, it doesn't. Can you think of a story in which someone is granted a wish and it does not end badly? Isn't there some like Disney nonsense it where it happens? always ends in heartache. Wait, give Cinderella. me an example. Prove me something. What do you mean? Yeah, Cinderella, she finds the, the prince with the shoes. That's mm-hmm. not a wish. Is it not? The only one with wishes uh, is Aladdin, and there's tragedy in that one. The, the, Wait, what? The, there's tragedy All the genie stories. Wait. All the genie stories are bad You're news. You're telling me that something goes wrong in Aladdin because of the wishes? Yes. Hmm. Because of someone else's wishes. The bad guy. Own wishes. <clears throat> Wait, but does Aladdin's own wishes go awesome. Yeah, it doesn't... doesn't well, matter. they backfire on, on him at one point. Is that because the genie is dumb or because... No, that's because Aladdin's dumb. See, so wishes are fine. That's just, that's just poor. Yeah. <laughs> no, but poor every, every story that involves wish granting, whether it's elves or leprechauns or, or genies, all of those stories are morality tales about the inherent selfishness and, and poor what if you wish for thought of human beings. But people don't. But people what, never do. What if, would you? People wish for seemingly good things, but they wind up being translated exactly literally and ending up in heartache. You can't think of a world where you could make a wish that was positive for humanity. I think I am a student of history, and I'm going to learn from all the wish-granting stories that that it ends in tragedy. That's fiction. So is this question. Okay. (laughs) All right, Amy, what you got? 15 years or now? No. Neither? Neither. You're on the Melissa camp? Uh, Yeah, I think she makes a pretty good argument that wish-granting always turns into trouble. Um, I would my first wish would be that wishing does not lead to trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you wish for something, you you get something that you you get something the easy way instead of actually being able to enjoy the effort put into getting. But what if it's something thing? that's unattainable? Like, what if your your solution is like, what if I really wanted a lightsaber, right? And yeah, okay. that technology is never going to exist, right? Yeah. So, so you cut yourself up and die on yeah. accident. Well, yeah. But so that would be a bad It would wish. end in heartache. <laughs> see? Or if you wish... So if you wish for world peace, well, let's say, say like, there are well, many ways to achieve sure. world peace. Episode of the X-Files, he wishes for that, and everybody goes missing. Okay, there's the everybody goes missing, and there's the one dictator... Because <laughs> the only way to achieve world peace yes. is to make all the people disappear. The one dictator wow. who rules over everything with an iron fist and nobody has any freedom anymore, sure. so they can't fight with each other, everybody's brainwashed or whatever. I, it, what was that pill? It that always Soma or whatever it was. ends in heartache. I have no idea what you're talking about. Soma, I forget the name of the book. Yeah. An old, an old you know, kind of... Ray Bradbury or something. Yeah. Yeah, tale. I think the drug was Soma. It just made everybody kind of numb. I would, I would wait 15 years, and one of my wishes would be to have Magneto's powers. <laughs> Which we've all agreed. Would be the best thing ever. Would be the worst thing ever. No. You would use it for selfish gain, oh, and it would end in heartache. Yeah, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, you yeah. accidentally crush me with an anvil or something. Why would I have you'd give her? House. You'd give her, <laughs> so what was it, uh, anemia or something? Yeah, probably an accident, yeah. <laughs> all right, Amy. So I've drawn a yellow card because that's all that's left. And so apparently we're going to talk about spider legs, which yes. I think is a terrible Why? idea, Why and we, we should just skip legs? this and go back to the Olympics. Oh no, my paper's on the floor. See, go back to the Olympics. No. So while legs. Luke is looking for his spider legs, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't have spider legs. First off, all right, so. So there, for forever, people had been in this big debate about why spiders don't stick to their own webs, right? Because other animals also have exoskeletons and similar structures, but when they get stuck, they get stuck, and spiders seemingly are impervious 
And so there was all these theories about what made it happen. And then some researchers decided that they were just going to get to the bottom of it with all sorts of different techniques. So they looked at the orb-weaving spiders because they make really, really intricate webs that get touched constantly. And they had some theories based on the old published work and they disproved... The whole thing about like two different kinds of silk, one that was sticky, one that was for spiders only. Yep, there was, there was the whole avoidance okay. theory. There was like a spiders are oily theory. Um, there was all sorts of interesting, yes. I have never found spiders to be oily, but You okay. touch a lot of spider legs? But they crawl on me. Uh, Apparently like 90 of them are in my ears right now. <laughs> my theory was to... that all spiders are surrounded by a thin layer of dark energy. That, dark energy that just yeah, repels everything. Pure evil. Pure, wait, that's not the same thing. Yes, it is. All right, we'll get to that on another podcast then. Uh, so anyway, these researchers uh, got some like high-speed video and a bunch of other like crazy techniques, and they found out that most spiders use one of three, if not all three, of these options. One, spider legs are covered in seti, which are like these tiny little hair-like fibrils. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. No. Yeah, weird. S- yes, it is. S-E-T-A-E. They can contact like extraterrestrial. So they have alien power that keeps them from touching the webs. Alien. No. So they've got these things that keep the surface area down so they can touch the webs without actually sticking. So that's obvious step. Don't touch the, the web very much and you probably won't get stuck to it. Sure. Number two, they've got very intentional, deliberate movements for how they disengage there's almost a way that they know how to like step away like those gecko gloves on mission impossible exactly like where where one way they work and one way they don't basically spiders engage their own web in a similar way and then they actually did find out that there is a chemical coating on the surface of spider legs that keeps them from sticking and they found this out by washing spider legs in soap and then putting them on their own webs and watching them get stuck (laughs) because even with the first two options there's still the potential to get entrapped by your own web all right, I'm drawing a different green card. But I want more Olympics. Nope. Too bad. All right, the Netflix challenge. <sighs> the Netflix challenge is something I proposed last time, and it is basically where you watch the first and last episode of a TV show that has done a full run, <clears throat> and then show. Wait, it had to be done? Yes. You didn't say <laughs> that in your notes. Yes, I did. No, you I, didn't. Yes, I did. Anyway. One of them was done in one of them. They were both past the five-season mark, though. So yeah, you said past the five-season mark, I, not I that they were concluded. I said one that fully finished. Anyway. Okay. Kelly, share one of your things with us. Well, so I wanted to I wanted to do two shows because, you, you know, you said watch one that you would never, ever watch and yep. watch one that, you know, you've maybe heard of. More familiar with. Yeah. But, so my first choice was, uh, for, for one I'm familiar with, was The Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which was totally going cool. way back. Yeah, way way back. It was awesome, actually. Um, the first episode was a guy who was in a town. Nobody else was there. He was completely isolated. He's freaking out. And then at the end of the episode, you find out he was just in this isolation chamber trying to <laughs> test what a person can handle being alone for long periods of time. Nice. And he'd only been in there for like three days, but of course, you know, they <laughs> you start going was, crazy. It was yeah. Still, yeah, you go crazy instantaneously and start hallucinating that you're in, you know, Nebraska. <laughs> Um, and then the final episode was actually really silly. It was, it was, uh, these children who had found a portal to a happy land in their pool and they were escaping from their horrible parents who were going to get, uh, divorces and kind of treat them like crap, you know? The, the mom was always like, you little bastards, I hate you. <laughs> what what years were the first and last episodes from? Do you know? Oh, talking like seventies to eighties? It, it only had maybe a six year run total. Oh, wow. So. I thought- Twilight Zone was long. The original, no, the original series was. This is all black and white, right? All black and white. Um, I don't remember the years. Okay. All right. Melissa, do one of your shows. Well, so the the lesson that I learned. 
from doing this. Mm-hmm. So I never have any idea what's going on in the last episode. Yes. There are always characters that I don't know who they are and storylines that are being wrapped up that I don't understand. And usually the, you know, the episode is coherent enough that I can kind of track what's going on, but I don't care at all about what's going on in the last episode because I have no... Yep. Yeah, I discovered the same thing. So, what, yeah. what show? Did, That's what was nice about Twilight Zone because they're all like self-contained episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I should have found a show like that. So, what did you watch? I watched Ally McBeal. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 1997. Nice. Through 2003. Wow, that ran longer than I thought. Yeah, seven seasons, and interestingly, not much different. Really? Yeah, the show is as bizarre <laughs> in episode one. As it is by episode one. That's what was whatever. great about that show. I actually watched it briefly. Well, not briefly, but I did watch it a little bit when it was actually on, and I thought it was kind of great. In the uh, in the so first weird. episode, did they talk about the unisex bathrooms? Yeah. Was that oh, there yeah. from the very beginning? Introduced day one. Awesome. Yes. And they explained why the unisex bathrooms and the whole... Th- and in fact, I think the unisex bathrooms appear in every episode. They were a very I think there's common... a quota that they have to meet of unisex bathroom scenes. Awesome. They built that set, after all. So Sure. Yeah, you got to use it. All right, Amy, one of your shows? Um, I watched Scrubs. Nice. Uh, yeah, not so much. So I also watched Scrubs. We can talk about this together. Okay. So first episode I liked because all of the main characters were pretty much how they were throughout the series. Cox was a jerk. JD was a goober. Like Cox is like one of my favorite characters. He of is all the time. yes, I love He's Cox. so great. But it was uh, they established everybody, the janitor, the relationship between people, like. It seems like the writers knew what they were doing from episode one. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, my problem with the show was that I, I wanted it to be better. Like, I knew going, like, from watching the first part of episode one that I would, like, watching this whole series, I would be highly annoyed with all of these characters on a regular basis because they needed to just behave like grown-ups. Well, that wasn't the point. It's... It wouldn't have been funny if they were behaving like adults. It was, it was yeah, like there's a, a reason why I don't watch sitcoms, though. Okay. I don't think it was a satire. It's not a sitcom. Well, it was a, I, I was highly annoyed with the last episode because they never said where JD was going. Well, so the last episode was crazy because it basically ended up being like Saved by the Bell, the college years, where like well, everybody was basically gone. See, I don't actually count the med school one as the last episode. Oh, you went back. I went back because that only has two characters and they're in a different yep. location. Yep. So it's not, and like it's scrubs med school, not, well, it was, it was the last season on Netflix, but yeah, I watched the last episode. I'm like, where did everybody go? Like yeah. JD's not there. Like most of the ca- cast was gone. So it Weird. was pretty bad, but you watched the, I watched the actual last episode. And was where it fulfilling? They ran- no, because they didn't say where he was going. It was, he was leaving. And where was he going? There did was Elliot go with him? No, I Are they together know. at the end. I yes. need to know. Yes. All right. So I also did scrub. So I'm out. Kelly, thing number two. So for my second choice, the show I would never, ever, ever watch. I chose, um, I'm a little embarrassed about it. I, I chose Gossip Girl. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a good one. Is yeah. something... I don't know if I could have stood two episodes. It was awful. No, no, no. Yeah. Me and my roommate actually participated wait, wait, in this what, with me. What network is this on? It was on... CW. CW. Yeah. I've never heard of this. It's actually oh. still on. Horrible. It's still on. Oh, this yeah, is this the is the one what? that I failed at. Yeah, but... this is the last season. Well, sure, because so... all those people are not on that show anymore. All right, tell me about Gossip Girl. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, but me, me and my, my roommate watched it with me, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we took shots 
ahead of time to kind of get yourself pain. ready because we knew it was going to be bad. It's like um, New York socialite teenagers. Oh, it's awful too. Yeah. Just the, the the most you know entitled little brats in the world, and the only thing that really matters to them is their social status and you know who they're banging and. Not for you. No. Oh, no. So bad. Even by the, the quote-unquote last episode, it wasn't any better? No, it was awful. It, 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 the, last, the, the last episode, tech, you know, quote-unquote, that I watched was like, you know, the guy from the first episode who was actually like the, the show douchebag mm-hmm. was suddenly like this romantic guy. Who, I mean, you know, seasons Apparently later. Apparently he had character development. Yeah, <laughs> lots of character development. And he was romancing this one girl, but he's like, he was too noble to date her because she was engaged to this other guy. So, But he saved her from this black dude who was going to blow Racist. her and him up. <sighs> Whatever. <clears throat> um, Probably. And then there was some... Some scheme where this girl was embezzling money from all of her friends and to it was terrible. You, it made you, no sense. You made poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was it was so that show was awful. I would never ever watch and I I'm I'm I I feel more solid in that belief that I would never ever watch this show just because it's the educational. You know not to watch it now. Yeah. People don't watch this show. It's stupid. All right, Melissa, what's your second? So my second was one that, that the next, the Netflix algorithm has recommended for me on more than one occasion. Okay. Netflix is wrong, um, as it turns out. I did not enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> All right. So, what was the experience like? So, the thing I realized most, actually, about Buffy the Vampire Slayer is just how bad Hollywood casting is when it comes to high school kids. Because they're all 30. so bad. Well, so. I know they're all 30 and I can kind of get over that when I don't know who they are, but I'm, I'm looking at these characters and these actors and I know them from stuff they did later mm-hmm. and they don't look any different. Yep. So the, the trashy stepmom of the entitled rich boys on Veronica Mars. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So she was on Buffy in the first season, apparently as like the snobby high school girl. And I'm like, no, 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 she's way too old. For uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, the guy who plays Booth on bones is angel, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he Nathan was, Fillion. Was, yeah, he was like 40 when they did. Right. Wait, Nathan Fillion? <laughs> Nathan in... Fillion is a bad guy, and he actually looks younger in that than he did in later stuff. It explains why Joss Whedon like, knew to cast him for Firefly. Um, but I, well, I, it was uh, everybody was way too old. Was it any better by the end? No. it was, And it was a ton more people I recognized. And hilariously... Some of them also played high school students in other things I saw them in. Like one of them was the the tough girl from that cheerleader movie, Bring It On. Okay. Um, never has she, she probably hasn't looked like a high schooler, you know, since she oh, wasn't. What high was school. her name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, crap. I always thought she was smoking hot. Uh, she is quite lovely. Yeah. Um, she's in a tough girl kind she of. She was in that Dollhouse show. Um, did she play a grown up in Dollhouse? Yes. Okay, because that I could actually see, but everyone was too old in that program. That is what I learned from watching Puffy. Yeah. All right, Amy number two. Um. So I picked a show that isn't over yet, okay. and that I am familiar with because you didn't say that I couldn't. Fine. Um. And I watched Bones. Okay. Um. And. As as story arcing as as Bones is, it was nice that there's also a lot of 
self-containedness to the stories mm-hmm. where there are some like some like the characters have big elements to them but the but they're still solving a crime per yeah episode. they're still <laughs> solving a crime that's self-contained so i mean even if i were to randomly pick an episode having never watched it i might be really confused about some of the dynamics but i would i would enjoy the show in its self-contained crime solving okay. weirdness it's a good show though you're gonna keep watching it yes like the, the current seasons or try to catch up or yes when netflix posts them because i can never remember to watch it in real fair enough, time. fair enough so i had a great plan which is actually uh foiled by the fact that netflix didn't have what i wanted i have never in my life watched a full episode of seinfeld and i know that i'm <laughs> like like outside of the normal cultural position on that because it's you know one of the defining comedies of our era but Netflix doesn't have it on streaming. So again, because I procrastinated, I was stuck this morning trying to find a substitute. And instead of watching something I wasn't familiar with, I watched MacGyver. Because as, as a kid, that was my favorite show. Uh, when I was a bully in elementary school, I used my powers for good in that I would make people watch the show and beat them up if they couldn't answer quiz questions the next day. Um, cause you know, it was important that everybody enjoyed MacGyver with me. And it's actually quite funny because when I think back on it before I watched it this morning, like if I'd picked like my three favorite episodes of all time, uh, the very first pilot episode is one of those three, which was really oh, nice. quite awesome. And it's super corny. So Melissa and I, Courtney and Nick went to the grand Canyon in April. And the best part about this episode one is that the very first opening scene says like central Asia and they're like panning through this canyon, and it's clearly the Grand Canyon. Clearly. Like, I'm looking at part of it. I'm like, oh, there's the trail we hiked down to the picnic area. And it's supposed to be, you know, like Afghanistan or something. I don't know. Some place has lots of canyons, but clearly <laughs> was it. And it was super corny and awesome. And he, like, fixed a, an acid leak with chocolate bars, and I loved every minute of it. So the challenge is I watched the last episode, and it was terrible. So I think there's like a rule here where like, so Star Trek, the next generation, I have a rule that if Riker has a beard, it's going to be a good episode. And if it's pre-beard Riker, it's going to suck. My new policy for MacGyver is MacGyver has to have short hair for it to be good. And once it got long, like Zach from uh, Saved by the Bell, then the show got bad. But the last episode, he meets his son who looks just like him and he teaches him everything you need to know about not shooting human beings, you know, because that was always his thing, no guns. And then it ended really, really poorly. And as a nice little touch, the very last thing you hear is... This is Richard Dean Anderson. On behalf of all of us at MacGyver, I'd like to thank you, our audience, for seven great seasons. And then it, like, fades out. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I've never seen an actor, like, address the, the audience as themselves. Wow. As, like, yeah, it was was super (laughs) weird, so... Don't watch old MacGyver. That's what I've learned. In fact, don't watch the end of any show. I think we've learned that the first episodes are the best episodes. No. Unless it's like Battlestar Galactica, and then you have to watch the whole thing all the way through. Maybe. The last episode is epic. I think the problem is that if something is over five, six, seven seasons. That's right. It was only four seasons. It's just like. Before you do the dubstep, Amy and I need to have a moment. Okay. Wasn't it awesome to watch the diving competitions in the Olympics and be able to say, we saw those people in real life. Yes. Because the girls got a silver. The synchronized springboard girls team won a silver <clears throat> medal. David Bodaya 
won an individual platform gold, gold, and the men's synchro 10-meter platform won bronze. It was really quite awesome because, yeah, we did watch those guys qualify here in South Seattle or Federal Federal Way. way. I think diving is always a lot of fun, but I think that that this year... That, that platform diving was probably the most fun ever. And even the, the pseudo personal connection of like, I saw you in real life. You don't know who I am. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like I know a little bit more about you than the average person because Because there was, was no there. technology between us. It was just there. Yeah, it was. That's it was true. pretty impressive. <laughs> That's very cool. All right. All moment right, over. Let's wrap step this away. Up. All right. You guys can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash TNS podcast. You can also email us at tnspodcast at gmail.com. Also, that free copy of Terraria is still available. Someone, you should go out there and leave us an iTunes review, and I'll send you a free copy of a game. And coming soon, if you meet us live at any kind of public event, Luke's going to have business cards, so you can get one of those. I'm making some business cards for PAX. Yeah, if you're at PAX. Which which leads to my next topic. (laughs) The next episode in two weeks' time will be our PAX special. Thank you to Allison Sprague in Seattle for selling Kelly your tickets. (laughs) Thank you, Allison. (laughs) And with that, I will close it out with some dubstep. I really, really wanted to find some Olympics dubstep. So the, the bugler's dream, the, you know, the famous trumpet song. Nobody has made dubstep out of that, which is really sad. Um, so all you dubstep is, artists that won't listen to the show. The Olympics so copyrighted, trying care. to get permissions I, I, for it. Whatever. So in lieu of having Olympics dubstep, I have one that Kelly really enjoyed. It's called Get Mad. And it is basically some audio sampling from Portal 2. It is by the Secret Lemon Project. So if you enjoy Portal 2, you will get an extra bit of enjoyment from today's dubstep song. Uh, Other than that, we will see you guys again in two weeks with a quote-unquote live episode from PAX in Seattle. Until then, goodbye. Life gives you lemons. Don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down.
When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Yeah, take the lemons. Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemon. Oh, I like this guy. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down.